The Money Show. Small business. Pavlo Fatidi is from Auric Business Accelerator. Inflation taking hold in every aspect of our lives, Pavlo. And I'm sure so many of the small businesses that you help rise to greatness are, are grappling with these very issues themselves as well. I can put up with the short-sightedness around how we are being treated globally by the discovery of the Omnicon variant. I can put up with the infringements on those vaccinated by those unvaccinated. I can put up with all of that. But coffee, if coffee's taken out of the equation, (laughs) that's where the line gets (laughs) drawn. We all we all have our breaking point. We all have our. Yeah, we all have point. a breaking point. And we found so, your weakness, your your kryptonite, Pablo. Your kryptonite. Except instead of giving it to you to hold, we take it away. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. No, coffee. Coffee is a necessity. It's not a want. It's an absolute need. It is right there at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy. I um, I think the world would be a sadder place without it. It'll be a flipping disaster without it. Now, listen, striving, <laughs> striving for excellence in business. I mean, I think intellectually, maybe emotionally, we say, no, we want to have the very best business. We want an excellent business. Do we yeah. really need to strive for excellence in everything we do? Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it, Bruce, because um, over the last year and a half, two years or so, I've been exposed to so many different standards of performance for businesses that are similar in terms of size, are in the same industry, in the same sector, but that are located in different parts of the world. And it starts to provide a really interesting perspective around what is performance, what is a good standard of performance, And then it starts to give you a sense of, well, is it excellent performance? And the frustration that we all have in business, and in many many ways we all have in life, is that we don't have the benefit of a professional sports uh, format. You know that you are the most excellent team at rugby if you win the World Cup. You know you are the most excellent 100-meter sprint if you win the Olympics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very cold, hard, objective measure. And you might win a few matches, you might lose a few matches, but ultimately there's only one prize that counts, and that is the World Cup, the Olympic Games, top of the NBA league, top of whichever other league it might be. It is a hard, cold measure. And in business, it is so hard to evaluate whether the standard you set is one that is an excellent standard. And Bruce, the reason it matters is because as much as you might not want to admit it, within a short period of time, 20, 30, 40 years maybe, you pour your imagination, your risk, your sacrifice, your investment, your dreams, your beliefs, into manifesting this incorporated entity called a business. And I don't believe there's one person out there that doesn't want to achieve a level of excellence that leaves a legacy way beyond the money that's made, but something where you feel you have contributed through your own 
efforts, innovation and imagination. Okay, so uh, we, we want to be great. Um, I, I've heard it said, and it's mostly by consultants who uh, are in the space, that to take the Microsoft approach. Microsoft never issue, uh, releases anything that's perfect. They kind of issue something that's great. It's fine. It kind of you know, makes your computer hang and you know, they fix it on the go. Um, and, and sometimes they go, hold on a second, but you need to be operating at 100%. It's not very efficient. Um, you've simply got to be, you know, you know what's, what's the, the rule number one of running away from a lion? You know, make sure that you've got somebody slower than you, with, than you in the group. And uh, lots of businesses <laughs> take that approach of, you know, you're just going to be better than your rivals and, and get incrementally better over time. You're never going to be perfect. So why strive for it? Well, you know, the reason you should strive for it, because at some point in time as a business owner, your time ends. And I spend a lot of time with people who are in one of two camps. So about half of the bunch of people I spend my time with, Bruce, are striving for that excellence. They are striving to scale their businesses and grow their businesses and dominate within a niche and make a good go of it and create a dent. And the other half, are starting to say, well, you know, over the next five, seven, eight, ten years, I'm going to look to exit my business. And I've never seen anyone who has turned around and said, oh, you know, if it's a mild exit, it's fine. If it's a kind of limp uh, excuse of an exit, if it's a wet blanket exit, however you want to term it, there's nobody who turns around that I've seen yet to turn around and say, I'm very happy with any exit that I can secure. Beyond the money and way beyond the money, most people want to leave a legacy. And the reason is, as a business owner, in many ways, a lot of your meaning, a lot of your value, a lot of your engagement with the world is around the creative act of building a business, sustaining it and growing it. So it goes beyond the money. It goes also about having an impact within an industry an impact on the employees that you've had, the staff, the customers, the suppliers, it matters enormously. It's very hard to achieve if you have not lifted the bar and built a business at a certain standard. And very often, most people only realize this in the last year, two years, three years, as they migrate towards that exit. It's so interesting that you said, I've been doing a lot of work around SAB Miller and remembering the good old days of SAB Miller. Remember, they were the world's second biggest brewing company before an enormous premium was paid um, to, to buy them by the world's biggest brewer. Uh, and even during the, the height of sanctions, when there was absolutely nowhere else for SAB Miller to go, they had a monopoly in South Africa. They could have done what they liked, frankly, and people would still have bought their beer. But they never compromised on excellence. They were absolutely the masters of execution on everything from the hops they sourced to the bottles they bought to the beer they brewed to the labels they chucked on to getting that product to market and ensuring that their customer had the best experience. And it was in that quest for perfection and that pursuit of perfection that they took on the rest of the world and very nearly won. But I think they did win because they sold at an outrageous price, considerably more than they than Anheuser Busch InBev should have paid. And the reason they paid was because the the creators of this excellence weren't going to take a penny less than forty six pounds fifty or whatever it is. And, and I mean, I don't know when AB InBev is ever going to make that money back. Well, you know, it becomes very interesting because 
One could almost argue that if you achieve excellence by that standard, you also create an environment where you cannot see the wood for the trees. You create an environment where, in many cases, if the intention behind attaining that excellence isn't well thought through, and it's just simply a matter of, let's say, a shareholder return, or whatever the case may be, or valuation on the business. Bruce, in many ways, the beer industry globally runs by an oligopoly. It's, it's not that competitive. It's largely a game of distribution. So it raises the question, if you have a craft brewery and you have produced one or two or three really good brands, the likelihood of those beers being, I guess, better quality or having more story or having a better experience or providing a better experience to someone who drinks beer, and I'm not a beer drinker, so I don't know, but but I would guess it then becomes very hard to measure, well, what actually is excellence? And that's the conundrum. Do you measure yourself against SAB and Hauser-Busch? Because if excellence means that you are the biggest and the best in terms of volumes, well, then that's one standard. But then what's the other standard? Because in an oligopoly environment where, where competition becomes very moderated and governed by probably a large degree of history and very, very bad competition policy from a government, um, you can slip and you can slip very quickly and you can slip without even realizing it. So the, the process of excellence then, large leaps or baby steps? Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I've been thinking about this so much because in, in many ways, it's part of a journey that I'm going through personally as well. And what I've realized is if you create a large leap, in other words, if you specify or you manage to measure where you are today and you say, right, we want to get to the next level of performance and excellence, and you strive to really define it and you, and you define it and you give it shape and you give it a goal, so you build this goal and you make sure that it's a measurable goal, you know, Bruce, over my career, what I've noticed is every time I've done that and I've achieved that particular goal, it's almost like climbing to the top of a mountain to only realize now from that position, there are higher peaks that you could have climbed to. But at the time you started climbing, you couldn't see the higher peaks. And the risk that I think a lot of us face in this process is if you choose a big mountain, by the time you get to the top, you realize there are further mountains that are higher you could climb and rather climb in smaller jumps. Because when you hit your achievement, you haven't eroded time nearly as much as you would have if it is a longer journey. Those smaller journeys allow you to reevaluate your definition of excellence or standards on a more iterative basis, because every time you do, you're going to be aiming that 10 or 15% higher than you would otherwise if it's a long journey where it's very easy to get lost. How do you ensure that you're on the right track? How do you measure your journey? How do you measure your success? How do you get perspective maybe on whether or not you're doing the right thing? You may think you're a genius. You may think things are going fabulously well and they may not be. Completely, completely. And, you know, in many ways, and this is the nature of any person in any business, 
when you build a business and you build it within an industry and you build it with, with purpose and intent, it's like treading on a path repeatedly again and again and again. And if you imagine that path being compacted till eventually you find yourself walking down the path and on either side of you is this donga. You can't see to the left, you can't see to the right. It happens. I've worked with people who are brilliant, who are deeply committed, who are thoughtful, who educate themselves, who learn, who stretch. And in a five-year period, once a new perspective has gotten, the shift and the change in the business diminishes, is, is, it, it diminishes the previous 15, 20 years of effort. And getting a perspective is massively important. And one of the best ways to do it, Bruce, is to find something you can compare yourself to. But more importantly, surround yourself with people who will be tough love and will take you on what I refer to as a desert drive. The individual who puts you in the car, you cannot get out, and is going to tell you some hard truths based on their perspective and what they've seen. That bigger picture view is enormously important if you want to consist consistently make sure you're hitting the, the peak of your performance at any point in time. Is there a single, I don't know, ultimate one measure to measure our journey towards excellence? So let me ask you, I mean, I had a, such an interesting debate around this. You know, what is the final measure? If you think about it, a business is an incorporated entity, right? It has a purpose. And ultimately, who says if the business is achieving or not? Is it you looking at your business proudly within the confines of your unconscious insecurities because we all have shadows. We all are terrified to say, I want to be the best, because the moment you do, you set yourself up for failure immediately in case you don't attain being the best. So it's quite a bold statement. Or is it the view of your team and employees? Or is it the number of customers you have comparatively against other businesses in the same industry at the same stage? What is that final measure? Is Amazon the pinnacle of excellence in online retail? Or is a business well-known in South Africa and much loved, like Yappy Chef, which has 2% of Amazon's clients in terms of numbers, but creates remarkable experiences equally? It's really hard to define that one measure. I think ultimately... It has to be on the consumption of your services as viewed and valued by your customers. Pavlo Fatidis, thank you very much indeed. Pavlo is the founder at Auric Business Accelerator. Should you strive for excellence in your business? Should you care? Short answer, absolutely.